Hey, friends, before we look at God's Word this morning, it's survey time, right? You ready for survey? This has got nothing to do with the message. It's survey time, and um, this is just something that I feel like um, God put on my heart this morning. So, um, survey, if, if you are here visiting with us this morning, all right, you don't have to take part in the survey, all right? This is for people who normally come to Mill Park Baptist Church. Get a show of hands who normally comes to Mill Park Baptist Church. We want to make sure that you, your hands are working. All right? and, then, and this is like, hands down. Um, we'll have fun, but like it's also serious. Who here feels like, because Devo's just been talking and, and he prayed about it and talked about our church's financial situation. Who here feels like they know what the financial situation is of our church at the moment? Put your hand up for us. Okay, so that's most. Oh, thank you. Who here would put that financial situation in a, ah, oh, it's not too good category? Thank you. Who here would put it in a, hey, like on a human level, it's critical. It's beyond critical. Who'd, who'd say that? You get a show of hands? So not that many, yeah? Who here, because what, what, what we've done and... Um, um, all you'll ever hear coming from our leadership in the church here, all you'll ever hear is, would you please pray about this, okay? Who here has heard the request over the last month or so to pray? All right, and hands down, do not be ashamed if your answer to this one is right, because this, is, this would be not reflective on you, it would be reflective on the leadership's communication. Who here has not really heard that the situation's critical and we need to pray? Could you put your hand up if that's the case? J like, j just one or two, okay. Thank you. Now, ready? Everyone brace yourself, brace your shoulders, and say, I will be honest. All right, I'll be honest. Who has been praying about this situation? Let's get our hands up. Hands down. We, we won't ask. But like, imagine if we ask now, who has not been praying? All right, we won't get you to put your hand up. Because, friends, we're in a really critical situation, humanly speaking. What Devo said is absolutely true. God's got it. Who believes God's got it? Good. We're in a critical situation, it's happened to us before. God has not just helped us out of it before, like we've seen miracles, haven't we? Who's seen the miracles? Eh? We've seen really good miracles and God's been good. But you know what? When we've asked the church to pray in there, and then I sent out an email to you just a couple of days before we left for the Philippines, and we've asked you to pray. That's what we, please would you do that with us? And we're at the stage now because I got the figures back for the month of June, just, just, the, day be, just the night before we left to come home from the Philippines, all right? Um, and, and they're not so good. Um, and so when we ask you to pray... And also ask you, this is really important because we're a family together. When you're praying on this and we've asked you, hey, could we please hear back from you after you've prayed? Um, you know what? So far, I don't know if this is true for any of the other members of the leadership group, but so far, I, like I haven't heard anything from anyone. When there's a burden and when something's happening, it really helps me and I bet you it helps you too if you know that other people are carrying the burden with you. 
yeah? And if we know that this is all of us together as a family that are in this situation, and so it really helps me, if I'm getting some texts or some emails, even if it's just, hey, Jeff, I'm praying about our church's finances, and that's the end of the text, even if that's it. But especially if once you pray about it, you're hearing something from God, let's communicate this to each other, all right? Because that way we're a family carrying it together. Got me? Say, thanks for participating in the survey. Let's pray now and ask God to work through his word here this morning, all right? Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much. Um, Thank you that your love, so amazing and so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Thank you. As we look at your word now, we pray and we ask, please, by the beautiful, powerful, sovereign wise work of your Holy Spirit who is here with us. We pray that you will teach each one of us. Would you speak to each one of us? Every single person who's here, please, would you do that? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And before I actually speak to you, did you notice that we had a first time worship leader this morning? Did you notice that? Alicia, Alicia, thank you so much for leading us in worship, Alicia. First time, uh, and we really appreciate that. God's gifted you in doing that. Like, so you've got a beautiful voice. We, know, we all know that. We know that already. Um, like, it sounds like it's a, like it's a, um, you're playing it off iTunes or something. You know, that's what it sounds like. But um, much more than just a beautiful voice beautiful openness to the Spirit of God to lead us and you did that with us this morning and you're going to do it lots more times here aren't you yeah you 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 have no choice you are you are no thanks heaps Alicia and a beautiful boys they're going out to kids church have they Um, but um, the three beautiful boys as well love you Alicia and thank you so much for speaking to us well hey my sister gave me a new suitcase for Christmas. Now, awesome, really good, but matter of fact, though, I mean, a suitcase is a suitcase, isn't it? You know, like, it's not, you know, the other sort of stuff you get for Christmas, it's not a new phone or, a, you know, or, or a drone, like, or, 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 or a book. I love books. If in doubt, my family always buys me books, you know, because I love books. It's a suitcase. Like it's practical and it's functional and it's useful. And it was because I was just about to travel to Los Angeles in the United States. I was a young police officer at the time. I was going over to the University of Southern California to study at the Delinquency Control Institute. So thanks for the suitcase. Thanks. And a few days later, I arrived in LA, and I was just one that morning of of thousands arriving at the Tom Bradley International Terminal there, and I did my best, and and like I always, I always do this, and and I coach my family in it as well, Um, because some of them 
are inclined to walk a little bit slowly, all right? Um, and so I coach my family in this. When you get to airports, and, and Sam knows, where's Sam Caffey? He knows, because he... <laughs> Sam, we were together when we got off the plane yesterday morning, weren't we? And were we first from our team to get out? Yes, we were, <laughs> always. There's an art to this, all right? There's an art to how you get off planes and go through immigration. And some people get off and you see the, the, you know, the people and they're all proud of themselves on the plane because they're all sitting there and we'll, we'll just sit here and wait for everyone else to get off and then we'll get off. Not me, not me. We get off first and then we move, we move quickly, all right? And if need be, we elbow people out of the way and we're first through, Yeah. So that's what I do this day, and even though I'm first, maybe not first, but I'm, I'm early through from my flight, but there's thousands of people there. And I get into the arrival hall, and there's lines and lines and lines and lines, and I'm just... So I'm there, and preparing myself for the long line, and then I hear an announcement over the PA. Never been to LA before, this is my first time there. Thousands of people, and I'm sure I hear Jeffrey Shepherd from Melbourne, Australia. I didn't quite hear what they told me to do, but I knew I heard my name. So, so I broke out of the line and I went and I spoke to, there was a, a lady in uniform there and I said, look, I just heard my name announced. She said, yes, sir, yeah, that, that told you to go. And she told me where it, I had to go and she took me through. So we break through, you know, they pull out, you know, the, the um, crowd control, they pull the lines up and I just follow her through and we go through, we go through to the control tower there. And then they're saying, yes, sir, there's, uh, because I'm going over to study at the University of Southern California, the local police, the Los Angeles Police Department, um, and, and I'm, I've been introduced by way, the, 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 the assistant chief of the LAPD is, is a Christian Jesus follower, you know, so I've been introduced uh, to him and he knows that I'm coming. He's sent a couple of his police officers to collect me. So goodbye to all the thousands waiting in line. <laughs> and uh, they take me through. They take me to one of the little immigration offices. He stops processing the person that he's processing. They have to step aside. And I come in. He gets my passport, stamps it, does all that. And, and like, I'm through. First through. And then we go out and they're waiting with me and all the luggage is coming out and we're waiting and, 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 and they said, What's, what colour is your suitcase? I said, oh, it's black. So we're waiting for my black suitcase. And um, long story short, we're waiting for my black suitcase and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and all the people from my flight all come and they all get their bags and their luggage <laughs> and they've all gone. The luggage is not even coming out anymore. It must be lost. They have stacked up a few, a few of the bags that came off that just no one claimed. And then, you know, I'm telling the police officers there that have come to get me, there's two of them, and, they're stand and I'm telling them it's a black suitcase, you know. And then when we go and check, and, and I'm going to have to report that my bag hasn't come, um, one of the officials comes over and he's, he looks at my baggage claim tickets and he goes over and he says, oh, yeah, here it is, a green suitcase. <laughs> green suitcase. 
Um, familiarity, <laughs> not paying attention to the detail, I've done that before. And it hasn't always just been for suitcases. You know, there, there's a time or two when I've been caught out. Sometimes it's been in a little specific one-off funny little incident like that. Other times, you know, it's been in seasons of my life, in, in places where I've been, in, in areas where I've worked, in the way that I've lived for months, years at a time. There have been times when I just, I haven't read the tea leaves. I haven't looked, like I haven't taken enough into account of my details. I've missed the warning signs. And you know, when, when it comes to following Jesus, I've done that, you know, arguably maybe this is where I've missed the warning signs more than ever sometimes. And I've, I've arrived at a spot or been in a situation or looked back and said, how, how'd that happen? Now, if you've been around Jesus, if you've been around Jesus and church for longer than a few weeks, you probably know what I mean. You ever get a bit like, bit, bit bored with it all? Would we ever hear you saying something like, get, man, man, give me something new. Spice it up a bit, like I'm a bit stale. Keep me, keep me coming back. And what, what about the warning signs? Like, would, would you say that you ever miss warning signs in your life? Like you look back and you can see them in the rearview mirror, okay, but you didn't see them while they were happening. Do you find yourself ever making mistakes because you just didn't read the play? I do. You know, um, we, the church that I was at before, we used to, we used to, that church used to own Adanac Camp where you guys are going for your camp in a few weeks, you know. And I think it's still there, but there, there's a, there's a 110-metre water slide. And I don't know how they ever got away with it for occupational health and safety. All right? But it just goes straight down the side of the hill and it doesn't go into a pool, it goes into the lake. And we're there. we used to have our annual church picnic at, at Adanac. It was a great big family camp and we're there. And Jake's just a little guy, you know, like everyone loves him now, but like he's just a little guy then. He's probably, I don't know, I've forgotten, he's three or four years old. We're there and someone says to me, Jeff, Jeff, can I take Jake down the water slide? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, like off he goes, you know. So, so they, like he's just a little kid, you know. And this girl gets him and she's got her dad in the lake down the bottom and he's going to catch Jake <laughs> when he arrives down the bottom. So down she goes and I'm, I'm sprinting and you know, I wait halfway down and I'm sprinting along beside, you know, like, and Jake's saying, you can see the look on his face as he comes past me, <laughs> you know. And he goes into the lake at the bottom. Now, and he goes into the lake and like under the water and all that sort of stuff. And this guy, he's Murray, he scoops him out really quickly and that, but it's traumatic for Jake and he gets out screaming, you know, like screaming, 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 gets out and, I'm, I'm, and then in the car on the way home, you know, Deb, gracious, beautiful Deb, she says, yeah, I, I was a bit confused as to why you said that could happen. <laughs> like sometimes I just don't think these things through as a dad. 
Fast forward 12 months, we're back there. It's exactly 12 months later. It's on Cup Day the next year. We're back there. We're beside the water slide. Someone comes up to, someone comes up to me with Haley, and Haley's holding her hand. Dad, 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 can I go on the water slide? You know, she's even littler than Jake was. Sure, no problems. <laughs> so then, so then, like, I take Haley on the water slide, you know? I'm not wearing a shirt, and this water slide's made out of concrete. Be careful when you're there, guys. You have to have the, 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 um, like the mat to go down with, you know? So Haley and I got the mat. We start going, and pretty soon, we're like, we're, like, we're flying. She starts screaming. Surprise, 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 you know? So I try and sit up to slow us down a little bit, but then we start rocking from side to side like this, you know? And it, 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 like at the end, you know, like we get there and I've ripped all the skin off my back, just trying to, I'm just trying, because she's screaming, you know? So I'm trying to slow us down and, 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 and we get to the bottom and I'm like, how? And we get off and Deb's just looking at me like, How did I do that? Like, it was traumatic the year before. And now I've just repeated my same mistake. You don't, you don't know the colour of your suitcase, do you? And maybe though it's more than that. Maybe you're apathetic. Maybe you're lethargic. Oh, yeah, you know. Familiar, weary, missing the warning signs. You heard it all before. Yaddy, 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 I just thought, maybe I won't name names for the sake of privacy, but one of the members of our team in the Philippines, when we did our, when we did our debrief on the last day, one of the members of the team of the Philippines, we will not identify that person, said, well, you know, now I see... Now, Jeff, now I see. When, look, to be honest, I hope it's okay, but when I've heard you talking about the Philippines and mission in, tr- in church before, I've just got, oh, here we go again. Here we go again. Now I see, you know. You guys all know who it was, don't you? Sam, do you know who it was? It wasn't Sam. <laughs> Sonia, do you know who it was? It wasn't Sonia. We had a good laugh at that. Um, you know when you just like, you just get that whingy, whiny voice and, and here you are and you're in church and this morning, hey, you'd be real honest and, and like living for Jesus, it's kind of like this apathetic burden. And you are missing the warning signs. What do you think? I would say that once we've been following Jesus for any length of time, it is easy for the novelty to wear off and then just for this boredom, this weariness, this monotony to set in. What do you think? What do you think if I say, surely, surely it's not meant to be like that? We're looking through the book of Colossians from the New Testament in our Bibles here on Sunday mornings. And it's all about Jesus being more than enough. More than enough. This is a letter. It's written by the Apostle Paul. Um, his young protege Timothy is with him. Paul's under house arrest in Rome. So look at Rome. So look up on the map here, and you'll see. See, see. So Paul, are you like my new pointer, everyone? Andre's bought this for me in Manila, in the Philippines. Look at this. 
All right, now, oh no, I've left the other part down there. Um, I wanna, I've got to show you the rest of this. Deb, do you want to grab it? It's in the left pocket of my jacket. So if, if you bring that up when, when it's ready, and then I want to show you, all right? We'll just, but while, oh, here we go, here we go. Look at this. All right, quick little, quick little thanks, buddy. Look here. Look what this does. You ready? See? Look, oh, I've still got to work it out more. How good's that? You came here to hear about the Word of God, didn't you? Not to, not to see pointers. Here's Paul. <laughs> Paul's in... Un- Paul's under, how, what's going on? Paul's under house arrest in, in Rome. <laughs> and he's writing a letter back to this church. <laughs> All right. He's writing a letter to the church in Colossae, all right? And um, he's never been to Colossae, but Pastor Epaphras from Colossae has come to see him in Rome and said, hey, listen, Paul, we've got a problem back there in Colossae. We've got false teachers infiltrating our church. The people haven't quite bought hold of it yet, but these people are teaching the people that Jesus is good, but he's not enough. You need more than just Jesus. These sorts of teachers come and go today too, you know. No names, no names. Um, There's no need. It's not important to name them so much as to know the sorts of things that they say. I can remember one, especially prominent in the United States, and it was back, it was was 15 years ago or so, back then in our church, we had a handful of people who turned right away from church due to the teachings of this bishop from the United States. You see, these sorts of teachers, friends, when people tell us things, they can, they can be like wolves in sheep's clothing. They sound really persuasive and believable. But they'll take you out. They'll absolutely take you out. They will take you out if you don't know the colour of your suitcase. That is, if you don't do your homework. If you don't stay alert and alive, if you don't keep moving forward, if, if, you, if you buy the lies, if you do let your, your weariness and your apathy and your boredom and your monotony, like yada, 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 if you let that happen, that's what Paul was dealing with when he wrote to the Colossians. Now, do you want to be, if, you, if you're sitting this morning and it is a bit apathetic and boring and monotonous for you, do you want to be like that? I bet you you don't. Do you want to be naive? Do you want to miss the warning signs? I, mean, I don't. I don't want to be whinging and whining and saying how busy I am and how tired I am, how sick I am and... Oh. And I don't want anything in my life. 
least of all my church and my Jesus following and my service. I don't want that stuff to be humdrum or dutiful or routinized or traditionalized. Do you? I bet you you don't. Yaroslav Pelikan, he said, tradition is the living faith of the dead. Tradition is the living faith of the dead. Perhaps we could put that slide up, please, Ina. Tradition is the living faith of the dead. Traditionalism is the dead faith of the living. And I suppose I should add, he said, it is traditionalism that gives tradition such a bad name. Do you want to know some ways this morning that you can not just stay alert, but stay alive? You want to know some? Like, or, or, or if, if you have the option, would you prefer to just be eking it out? Just trudging through the day. Just doing what you got to do. Even if it does mean, even, even if it does mean that you're missing the warning signs and so you do get the odd torpedo under the surface, under the water level, which takes you out, what would you prefer? Because Paul, if you'd like to say, I want to stay alive and alert. I, like, I want to keep breathing breath. I, like, I want to be flourishing and vital. Paul spells it right here for you. Grab your Bible, open up to Colossians chapter 1. He just said in chapter 2, verse 3, last time we were in this two weeks ago, he just said how desperately he wanted these people growing. This is the sort of language you hear around Mill Park Baptist Church all the time. We want to grow. It's part of our vision. We want to grow. Not, not we want to grow bigger. We want, we want you and 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 you. We want all the people growing to be more like Jesus, yeah? And that's what Paul said, desperate for them to do that, making sense of their lives, living with vitality and purpose and meaning. And now look, especially look if you want your life making sense, my friend, if you want your life making sense, if you want to start getting the warning signs to stop the torpedo attack under the water, to stop the damage. Look at this in Colossians chapter 2, verse 4. Paul says, I am telling you this. He just said, I really, really, really want you guys growing. Here's why I told you this. I'm telling you this so that no one will be able to, to, to deceive you with persuasive arguments, especially those false teachers, the household name speakers who water it all down for you, the ones who tell you what your itching ears want to hear, like the, the, the sort of teachers that'll say, that'll make you feel good. They'll cheer you on in your cynicism. They'll tell you, well, you ought to be tired and whinging and whining and apathetic and bored. No, you just, you need a rest. They'll tell you that stuff. For though I am far away from you, Paul said, I'm 1,890 kilometers away from you, my heart is with you. And I'm very happy because you're living as you should and because of your strong faith in Christ. They haven't quite given way to these false teachers just yet. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to live in obedience to him. Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. If your roots grow down into him and you draw up nourishment from him, so you will grow in faith. Strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. 
let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all he's done. If you want to stop missing the warning signs, hey, first thing to do is this. There's going to be three of them this morning. Here's the first thing is keep moving forward, even if it's slow. Hey, my friend, you have to keep moving forward. You have to keep moving forward. It's totally true. There's no such thing as standing still. If you're not moving forward, hey, if you're not moving forward, then you're slipping backwards. Why would you want to keep moving forward? You know why? Because Satan is deceptive. He wants to lead you astray. And sure, like Satan does want you, he does want you to be naughty this week. He wants you to think up a scheme and rip off the taxation department. Rip off Centrelink. He does. He wants you to, you know, to get involved in a wrong relationship and have an affair. He does. Um, He wants you to... He wants you to go out this week and to take drugs and then drive your car. He does. But if you think that that's all he wants you to do, those little naughty things, if you think that's the only agenda he's got in your life, you know what? You're wrong because that's just one little tool in his big toolbox getting you to do something naughty. He is, listen carefully, he is absolutely, totally, 110% committed to your downfall. Look at this. Be careful, Peter said. Watch out for attacks from the devil, your great enemy. Your great enemy, first person plural. Your great enemy. He's not just some enemy out there. He's your great enemy. Watch out for his attacks, your great enemy. Look at him. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for some victim to devour, to eat up. Satan's clear and present danger commitment to you is to stop you growing, is to stop you becoming more like Jesus. not some handy-dandy religious trick that he's trying to play against you. It's not some propaganda stunt. Satan wants to take you down. And you know why? You really want to know why? Because he hates you. Satan hates you. And he wants to take you down. And if you said yes... I'm sitting here this morning, apathetic, cynical, tired, weary, wishing I could get some, wishing I could spice life up a bit, wishing church was a bit more exciting for me. If you're sitting here like that, you know what? That's exactly one of the things that he wants to do in your life. (laughs) He's utterly opposed to you living your life well. He's utterly opposed to your lasting satisfaction, to your meaning, to your purpose, to your destiny, to your healing. So if that's the way that life's happening for you, he's getting his way. 
Look at this. Paul said, so that no one will be able to deceive you with persuasive arguments. You know, you need understanding of the real Jesus, of the true word of God. Because if you don't have the truth, my friend, you're going to be led astray. Not just by fairy floss, but it'll be by persuasive arguments. They'll make sense. The word there is talking, when he talks about persuasive arguments, he's talking about, it's, it's a legal term, talking about a lawyer in court. You've heard a good lawyer in court. I mean, like, you believe every word they say by the end of it. Paul's far away from them. He's 1,900 kilometers away, but he's happy because so far these false teachers haven't achieved much. But if you're going to keep on the path, and it's every bit as true for you today, it is for me too, all the more so if you're tired and bored, if you're wanting something new, if you're apathetic, if you're lethargic, if you just want to break, if you don't know the color of your suitcase. Man, Andre's sorry. Sorry. Um, put it in my pocket, it can't fall off again. It's not up to someone else. It's up to you. Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, Paul said, you must continue to live in obedience to him. Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. That imagery of a plant that's growing and it's fertilized and it's watered and it's in good soil. And when that happens, look at this, so you will grow in faith, strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. If you're missing the vitality, if you are sheepishly hunting around for a black suitcase, if you're marking out the days, if you're putting in the time, if you're thinking about a new church and a new adventure so it can get a bit more exciting, or if you're just winding down and taking a break, you have to keep moving forward. Even if it's slow, one foot in front of the other, continuing to live in obedience to Jesus. And then he says, and let your life overflow with thanksgiving that's no exaggeration when he says overflow he means overflow you know that just means it's bubbling out so you are always always man, man always giving thanks that's what it means friend if you want to follow jesus you will have to stay alert if you want to follow Jesus, you'll have to stay alert. You've got to keep moving forwards. And this is how you stand up and defeat the enemy and not get deceived and led astray. Deep spiritual roots in Jesus. And what that means is you won't want other sort of soil. And if Jesus is the foundation of your life, then you've got no need to move and go somewhere else for it. You see, and if you're learning and growing through God's word, you don't get easily enticed by false teaching. See, you'll be grounded and you'll be growing and you'll be grateful. If you want to follow Jesus, you will have to stay alert. Look at this. Read on with me. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Don't let anyone lead you astray. Don't let anyone lead you astray with empty philosophy and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and the evil powers of this world and not from Christ. For in Christ, the fullness of God lives in a human body. 
and you are complete through your union with Christ. He is the Lord over every ruler and authority in the universe. Hey, you want to make it count? You want to live on the edge? Look at this. You need to watch out for danger. It's there all the time. Paul's using a military war image there. He's literally saying, hey, listen, (laughs) and you might think this has got nothing to do with you. Well, it does. He's actually saying, don't get taken as a prisoner of war. You're fighting a war, do not get caught, and don't get taken away as a captive. These false teachers did not go out and win the lost. They actually kidnapped people. They took people out from where they were, took them out. How do they do that? How do they do that? When that bishop was, was in action all those years ago, we had, this, we had this young guy in our church, and he was a first-generation believer. He wasn't married. He lived by himself. He'd come to know Jesus, had this beautiful encounter with coming to know Jesus. Lovely, lovely, lovely guy. Lived right next door to the church. Lovely guy. And then he comes and sits in my office, and it was like I was talking to a different man, someone I'd never even met before. And it's like he's defensive and angry and and bitter and he's leaving the church now because he's been listening to all these podcasts of this guy speaking. And he's got all these doubts about, well, you know, like Jesus is a good man, but there's a whole lot of stuff in the Bible about Jesus that's not true. And so now he's leaving and I don't even know where he is today. How does that happen? How do they do that? You know, it's simple, really. These false teachers, they capture people who are ignorant of the truths of God's word. And they get fascinated then by the philosophy and the empty delusion of the false teachers. See, if you don't know the truth, my friend, it is easy to get captivated by a lie that sounds like truth. Especially if it helps you justify the sort of life that you would actually prefer to live. Especially if it makes you feel okay about your boredom and your monotony and your cynicism and your tiredness and your apatheticness. Apathy. Apathy. Look at this. Your adversary, we just read in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. He's your adversary. Don't go out of here thinking that he's someone else's adversary. Or that he's an adversary for the world. He's your adversary. He's after you. Look at this, John chapter 8. Jesus said, he, he's talking about the devil. He's been a murderer right from the start. He never stood with the truth. For he is full of nothing but lies. Lying is his native tongue. When Satan lies, it's his native tongue. You know the language you're best at, don't you? It's your native tongue. He's a master of deception. He's the father of lies. He's a liar. And look at this, 2 Corinthians. It's no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. He puts a mask on. You look at him, you think, man, look at that, look at that. Isn't he beautiful? He's got a mask on. The info that you'll get from these people, friends, it's hollow and deceptive. That's what Paul says there. It's from the tradition of people. So what you're actually hearing comes from human thinking. 
And if it's from human thinking, it's actually from the evil powers of this world. Sure, it masquerades as an angel of light. It looks like light. And it's native language lies, so it's, it's smooth. But it's not from God. If you want to follow Jesus, you'll have to stay alert. Hey, are you watching out for danger? Seriously, on the lookout, you're apathetic, you're lethargic, you're weary of it all, thinking it's time to spice it all up a bit, maybe thinking you'll just take a break from ministry for a bit. Just need to regroup. Catch my breath. Look at verse 9. He said, because he said that all fullness of God dwells in Christ. In other words, if Jesus himself expresses all the fullness of God. Why would you ever think you need something more? Why? Because in verse 10, he said, you are complete through your union with Christ. Do you get that way? Um, The way that that's written in the Greek language, our English is not as good. You are complete through your union with Christ. Well, you can be complete right now, can't you? And you think, yeah, I'm complete, but maybe tomorrow you won't be. Like, who knows what'll happen tomorrow? But this is written in what we call the perfect tense in the Greek. And what that means is that you are complete now and that'll never change. It won't change tomorrow. Won't change tonight. It, it, It is a totally permanent condition. It cannot be changed. Once you know Jesus... You are complete through your union with Christ. If you want to follow Jesus, you're going to have to stay alert. You know, the third thing to do is that you'll also need to use your resources. And they're more than enough. Eh? Come on, my friends. C.S. Lewis said this, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We're half-hearted creatures. We're fooling about with drink and sex and ambition. When infinite joy is offered us, we're like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. Far too easily pleased. I know you feel miserable and bored and stale. I know it's getting harder and harder to get out of bed on Sunday mornings. I know what it feels like when the, when the grass, you're convinced the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, whether that's in your marriage, in your job, in your church, in your following Jesus. Especially when something else or someone else you know when it comes to church when the church down the road is offering everything that that your church is not and it includes i'm not trying to be sarcastic it includes connection for you you'll be connected there it includes the right program for your kids and the and it and it also has got one of those tickets there that there's no need for you to be involved you can just come and enjoy I know what it feels like to feel apathetic and lethargic and you just want to rest. You just want some you time. 
I know because I will easily, easily, easily feel just the same way every single time I stop moving forward, I stop watching out for danger because when I do that, I guarantee I'll stop using the resources that I've got. Well, take a look at this. If you know Jesus, my friend, remember? If you know Jesus, this is for you. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, you can know him this morning. You can know Jesus. There's no one here who can't know Jesus. The, the Bible promises that anyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Hey, it's a promise. So if you don't know Jesus yet, this can be true for you too. If you do already know Jesus, just throw away your picture just for the last couple of minutes as we talk because we've sung about this this morning. Uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to think. You do not have to think about being perfect. You don't have to think about being a good Christian. You know, you don't have to think about arriving. If you know Jesus, look at what you've got because you're complete in your union with Christ already. Permanent condition that can't be changed. Look at this. Then Paul says here that you're circumcised in Jesus. That's in verse 11. Look at this. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but it wasn't by a physical procedure. You know that physical circumcision, it's, it's a surgical procedure. It was a spiritual procedure, he said. In other words, it's like the analogy... It's the cutting away of your sinful nature. When we talk circumcision today, we're referring to that physical operation. When we talk about it you know, in, in our world, God had used it for a sign of spiritual significance in the Old Testament. It was the way that he marked out his Jewish people. They were circumcised. The problem was, and people always do this, that the Jewish people had drifted so that soon they actually started to depend more on the, on the physical act of circumcision, the physical operation, than on the spiritual significance of what it was showing. And today we make just the same mistake. We, we, we get to, you know, we just drift along so that we start to depend on some religious ritual or some habitual act, or some law, or some discipline, and we think that that's what saves us. Now, just like surgery to cut away a piece of skin, listen carefully, Jesus' death on the cross took the scalpel out and cut away your sinful nature, if you know Jesus. Cut it away once and for all. The nature that was actually taking you to hell. Not just in the future, but here on earth. Living, bored, routinized, apathetic, lethargic, captured by empty philosophy, weary, deceived, missing the warning signs. When God circumcises you, that nature gets cut away need to use it though if you want to follow Jesus you'll have to stay alert look what else happens we're alive in Jesus that's in verse 12 and 13 for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized and with him you were raised to a new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away then God made you alive with Christ he forgave all of our sins you know when we're baptized and we do baptism here regularly we've got another baptism service um, it's two, two weeks from today another baptism will be here um, when we get baptized we're identified with Jesus that means that whatever happened to Christ also happened to us so my friend before you knew Jesus you were dead in your sin 
And so when he got crucified, you actually died too. Hard to get your head around that, isn't it? And when he got buried, you got buried too. And when he rose from the dead, you rose from the dead too. You see, that being alive in Jesus is meant to speak right into that yada, 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 tired, bored, whingy, whiny. Turns it upside down on its head. When God makes you alive, it's life. And when you're alive, you know it. You know it, you know you're alive. If you want to follow Jesus, you're going to have to stay alert to this stuff though. You're going to also be free from the law in Jesus. That's in verse 14. Look at this. He cancelled the record that contained the charges against us. He took it. It's like a death warrant saying that you had to die for your sin. He took it. He destroyed it by nailing it to Christ's cross. So Jesus not only took your sins to the cross, look at this in 1 Peter, he personally, he personally carried away our sins in his own body on the cross so we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. You have been healed by his wounds. But he did more than that. He didn't just take your sins to the cross. He took the law to the cross, the record, the death warrant, and he nailed it there forever out of the way. You know what? I need to tell you this morning, he didn't do all of that so you could be bored and tired and apathetic. He didn't do all of that so he could just come and sit in church on Sunday once a week. He didn't do it all so he could sit on your backside. He did it because he saved you to make you alive. Look at this. You're free from the law in Jesus. Hey, if you want to follow Jesus, you're going to have to stay alert. And also you're victorious in Jesus. Verse 15 there. In this way, God disarmed the evil rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross of Christ. Evil rulers and authorities, he did it publicly and he had victory over them. You know, whenever a Roman general would win a significant, significant battle, especially if he could take loot and, and like extra. Every time that happened, and then if it was a significant victory on foreign soil, they would have an official parade where that general would be honoured and it was known as the Roman triumph. If you're a follower of Jesus, you get to share that victory. By his divine power, you know, God has given us everything. You're sitting there and you're bored and you're tired and you're apathetic. You're yada, 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 yada. You don't know the color of your suitcase. He's given us everything we need for living a godly life. We've received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. If you want to follow Jesus, you'll have to stay alert. Where's my, where's my suitcase? Like, how did I miss that? The truth that you're feeling right now, the, the truth, it feels like truth, it sounds like truth, you think it's truth, you know that you need a bit of a life spice up, that you're bored, that you've grown stale, that it's all too hard, that you've done your time and now you just want to have a bit of a break and put your feet up and you know, tired and I'm busy and it just needs some me time. 
If you want to follow Jesus, you have to stay alert. A few questions for you to finish, friends. Let's even just pray now and ask God to help us as we look at these questions. Eh? Um, Holy Spirit, we thank you because you're here with us. You've been working already. Now, we're just going to ask these questions now. We ask you, please, we, we pray that, that all things would be stripped away so that the Spirit of God is now free to ask these questions of each one of us. Please, please, please. Far beyond cliches, jargon, nice words. Far beyond I've heard all this before. Please, Holy Spirit, would you, would you ask these questions? Would you speak into every heart that's here now, please? So friends, I want to ask you, are you moving forward, even if it's slow? Are you? Honestly, if you are, then you will be at least somewhat aware of it. And the people who love Jesus and who know you well, they'll be able to tell you. And so um, what we want to ask, if you're moving forward, just a simple question is, is there more evidence of Jesus now in your life than there was this time last year? Is there? And evidence of Jesus, it's things like, like prayerfulness and humility. And, and, you know, you hear Jesus saying all the time, I can do nothing other than what my Father tells me to do. Jesus, the Son of God, and he says, I just do what the Father tells me to do. So you'll be sold out to the Father. You'll be forgiving as well. Jesus, radically forgiving, like forgiving the very people who nail him to the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They're murdering him. Please, would you forgive them? Um, and a centering mission, everything that he does, absolutely everything that he does to the mission. Nothing else. Foxes have holes. He said, you know, they've they, they got a place where they can go. I don't. I don't need any of that stuff. I'm just following Jesus. I'm just following God, my Father. Um, and then second question, are you watching out for danger? Because it's always there. Are you, are you seeing the realities or are you just getting suckered? <laughs> You're just getting. Are you zoned into where you could be vulnerable or exposed? Are you, are, you, are you alert to the warning signs or are you ignorant of Satan's schemes? And then finally, are you using your resources? They're more than enough because you know Jesus did not go through all of that for you to make you alive with Christ to nail your death warrant to the cross you know to shame all the the, the, the rulers publicly he, he didn't go through all of that just to have you sitting on your backside so are you using your resources if you want to follow Jesus friends you're going to have to stay alert thanks Jesus for speaking with us now 